0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello, welcome to the podcast. Just before we get started, uh, let me give you a quick word about one of my sponsors. And uh, today I'm talking to you about italki. If you're looking for uh, teachers for one-to-one lessons, or if you're looking for, let's say, a native English speaker to talk to, uh, or if you're just looking for language partners uh, to practice your English, then uh, you can find all of those things on italki. Uh, essentially, they will put you uh, together with uh, a teacher um, over Skype, and you can actually practice speaking. Uh, wherever you are in the world now, you can get English lessons direct from your teacher through the internet. It's amazing. Um, and uh, if you go to my URL, which is uh, teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk, um, then uh, you can check out italki. And if you buy some lessons, italki will send you a voucher worth 100 italki credits as a discount, just as a reward for being a listener to this podcast. Um, so check that out. All right, then. Now, here's another episode, and let's get started. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there and welcome to another episode of this podcast for learners of English. Thank you very much for choosing to listen to another one of my episodes. And uh, let me just say again, Happy New Year. And in fact, happy anything, happy whatever it is that you're doing right now. Happy bus journey, happy train journey, happy sandwich, um, happy housework, happy walk, or just simply happy sitting in a chair, um, twiddling your thumbs. Twiddling your thumbs. Yes, that's what you do when you've got nothing else to do with your hands. You just twiddle your thumbs. I think you know what I mean. So whatever it is that you're doing, have a happy time. Um Welcome to podcast. The podcast. I was going to say welcome to podcast, but that's not correct English. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to this podcast. In fact, welcome to my podcast, um, which uh, obviously you you know is uh, you know, you know what it's called. No need for me to repeat it, is there? No. Um, I think that probably I've got some new listeners uh, listening to this because it's the new year period, and usually it's around this time of year that. Uh, New people discover my podcast and start listening to it because it's their New Year's resolution to improve their English, or they've decided to turn over a new leaf to make a new start and to kind of explore new ways of uh, learning and improving their English. That is what normally happens in, uh, in January. So if you're new to this podcast, then welcome Uh, It's nice to have you with me and I hope that you enjoy listening to my episodes and that uh, they help you to improve your English. And if you're not new to the podcast, if you're a long-term, mid-term or even sort of mid- to short-term listener of this podcast, then welcome back. And it's uh, nice to have you with me on the show again. Right then. Now, I hope that you've been enjoying listening to the recent episodes I've been uploading, which basically have been ones that I recorded during the Christmas holiday With uh, members of my family. And this is part three in that series, in the sort of with the family series. And the conversation that you're about to hear in this one was recorded again with my family on the same day as the last couple of episodes. So uh, this one was also recorded on Boxing Day, the 26th of December. Um, And uh, when I recorded this one, it was quite late in the evening after my uncle and aunt had gone home and after dinner and a number of drinks had been consumed. I say a number of drinks, that's an unspecified number of drinks, but uh, a certain number of drinks had been consumed, which uh, might be obvious from the way that we're speaking. I don't know. Um, You can be the judge of that yet again. Um, I don't know if it's obvious that uh, a couple of glasses of wine had been consumed. Anyway, uh, you can just picture a very warm and cosy living room at my parents' house, In England, with a wood burning stove going in the background. Um, And um, what happened for this one was that uh, after listening to my uncle Nick describing his encounters with some famous rock stars earlier in that day, earlier in Boxing Day, the other members of my family wanted to get in on the action too with their stories about brushing shoulders with the stars. So, here are a few other anecdotes from my dad, my brother, and my mum. About bumping into famous people in various ways. Now we're not like name dropping. I suppose we are name dropping a little bit, but that's not the purpose of this. the The main aim is to just tell you a few little stories that uh, hopefully will catch your interest and make it easier for you to to sort of follow. In in the greater effort, uh, which is to what am I saying? The point, the reason why we're telling these stories is not to try and impress you or anything, although they are kind of impressive in their own way. No, the purpose is just to try and tell you some entertaining and hopefully interesting stories to help you improve your English. Now, what about these famous people that uh, it turns turns out that uh, my family have met over the years? Because, yes, it turns out that they have met some genuine legends. I didn't even realise that a couple of these things had happened, in fact. I didn't realise. Um... Now, you'll have to wait and see who these people actually are. And I'm not talking about the members of my family. I think you know who they are by now. Uh, but the, who, the, the people that they met. Um, you might, you know, you'll have to find out who they are for yourselves. Um, and, uh, but just to kind of keep you guessing, here are some cryptic clues, okay? So can you guess which people I'm talking about? So uh, the first person is one of the UK's favourite authors who wrote a series of beloved books, which have also been made into successful films. Who's that? Well, one of, my, one of the members of my family met that person. Who do you think that is? Second person is a British comic actor who likes eating ice creams and fighting zombies, criminals and aliens in his movies, not in real life, because obviously zombies and aliens don't exist. Criminals do exist. But anyway, this is a British comic actor who likes eating ice creams and fighting zombies, criminals and aliens in his movies. Who's that, do you think? Third person is uh, a small but very important woman who often appears in public but is also a very private person. Who do you think that might be? And uh, fourth person here is a, a nonagenarian... A nonagenarian, by the way, a nonagenarian is a person who is in their 90s, okay? A nonagenarian who once said about himself that he was the only man in the country not allowed to give his name to his own children. Who do you think that is? So, by the way, a nonagenarian is someone in their 90s. We also have the word septagenarian, which is someone who's in their 70s, and an octogenarian who's someone in their 80s. But this particular person I'm talking about is a nonagenarian who once said that he was the only man in the country not allowed to give his name to his own children. Any idea who that is? There are other people mentioned in this episode too, including an American punk rock star with lots of tattoos and muscles, um, a Shakespearean actor who has become a a successful film director in Hollywood, and also an actor who had a bit part in the British TV series, The Office. So we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with that one, because he's not that famous, certainly in comparison to some of the other people. Um, So any idea who those people are? Well, listen on and you'll find out. Um, I should perhaps remind you of several other anecdotes, which you might have heard on this podcast before, which are Mentioned in this conversation. So, um, a couple of other anecdotes from previous episodes of the podcast include the time my brother ended up lost in Hastings and he had to sleep on a stranger's sofa. And he woke up in the morning to discover this guy who owned the apartment sitting in a chair next to him, kind of just sitting there next to uh, my brother while he was sleeping. Bit creepy. Was this guy just friendly and welcoming or slightly creepy. Anyway, there was that story, which you'll hear mention of. Then also there's the time that my mum met the King of Tonga. Who can forget that story? And also the time that I met comedian Eddie Izzard, and I was a bit lost for words. That was in an old episode when I went to uh, Normandy to commemorate the D-Day landings, and uh, I ended up having dinner with Eddie Izzard and a few other people. It wasn't just me and Eddie some sort of candlelit dinner with Eddie Izzard. No. Um, I was with other people, of course, and Eddie Izzard, who you might not know, but um, as far as I'm concerned, he's kind of one of my comedy heroes. Huge uh, hero of mine, um, and I'm a massive fan. And when I met Eddie Izzard, I just didn't know what to say, because it was obviously such a big moment for me. But as far as he was concerned, I was just some guy. So it was really weird for me. I didn't know what I should say and in the end, I remember we were standing outside the restaurant afterwards and we sort of ended up standing next to each other. And I was just standing there, sort of like, so, <laughs> you know, wondering what I should say to him. He was exhausted because he'd been doing lots and lots of shows and been traveling around everywhere and he'd flown in from Chicago that day and all that stuff. So he was exhausted. And I stood there and I, and I tried to basically get across to him how much of a fan I was. And I said to him, Oh, I'm a huge fan. I love all your stuff. I had all your CDs when i was a student and i used to just sort of listen to them all the time and then i said to him yeah and you're in my head now which is definitely not the the right thing that you should say to a celebrity or anyone in fact never say that you're in my head it just sounds really creepy i didn't say it like that to be fair i didn't kind of go lean in and go you're in my head i didn't do it like that i you know it was fairly innocent i just said yeah you're in my head now uh and he sort of, I think he kind of got it, but he looked at me in a sideways kind of way, as if to say, okay, uh, that's enough. Thanks. You don't need to tell me anything else. So anyway, uh, there's that story that, that kind of, that's mentioned anyway. Um, so at this point, you can now sit back uh, and enjoy some more time with the Thompsons. So let's now be transported back to Boxing Day of last year, where this was recorded in my parents' living room. And here are The Thompsons. Now everyone's uh, in the mood to talk about famous people that they've met since uh, Nick earlier on talked about meeting Paul McCartney. No one can beat that, I get. Or maybe they can. We will see. Um, Dad, what about you? Who have ah, uh, you met then in your life? Well, uh, you know, naturally, I've met a few famous people, but um, naturally,
2: you know, um, yes, indeed. <laughs> but uh, I think that um, I, I was very thrilled to meet J.R.R. Tolkien. J. R. Tolkien was, um, you know, the famous author of Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and everything else, and I, I absolutely loved it when I was at college in, in the 60s. He wrote it in the mid 50s the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh, having prepared uh, uh, for many years before by writing all sorts of kind of backstory and, and you know, other stuff. He was um, uh, an Anglo-Saxon scholar and a professor at Oxford. Mm-hmm. And when he, you know, appeared to do some readings from his works and to answer questions from from students at the pub yeah. where he and... His famous collaborator, C.S. Lewis, used to meet The Eagle and Child in Oxford. I rushed along to to see him. And there he was. And he he was very much as you would expect. Can I ask a question? Yes. What was he talking about? Ah, he was talking uh, about um, his books. He was talking about a new little set of books he'd brought out in Elvish, which was extremely obscure because it was a language he'd
1: invented. That wasn't really a, a genuine question. It was mainly a joke. But no, okay, it was it a good
2: joke. It was a good joke. <laughs> and I yeah. asked him whether The Lord of the Rings was an allegory of World War II mm-hmm. with, you know, the evil uh, empire of, to the east of Middle Earth, Earth kind of overwhelming the um, civilized
1: world. With the assumption being that Middle Earth was England. Yes, it was. Or or that Hobbiton was England, that Middle Earth was The Shire. The Shire was an English Shire, definitely.
2: Right. And, you know, here's Sauron, who, you know, mobilised his massive military power to overtake Little Shire. And so I thought it might have been some kind of allegory. And he said, no, it wasn't. Okay. Simple as that. (laughs) Well, pretty much. Um, No, he he said it wasn't written as an allegory. He'd written it uh, a long time you know, ago, uh, it had evolved from his his teaching and his studies into uh, Anglo-Saxon and Nordic culture.
1: Did he seem pissed off at the question?
2: No, no, he was absolutely lovely. He was a avuncular, like an uncle, puffing on his pipe as he should, wreathed in smoke. He wasn't actually blowing smoke rings like Gandalf, but he could have been. And um, I'd like to say that at the end of it all, he just disappeared. But um, that
1: wouldn't be true. (laughs) Okay, J.R.R. Tolkien. Not bad.
0: Not bad. James, any chance you can top that? Pretty good. Um, No. Okay, then. Uh, But I did used to work (laughs) in a wine shop, and Nick Frost used to come in sometimes. Yeah, who's that? Because no one's going to know who that is. Yeah, they will. Go on, I bet he's more... No, he's not more famous than Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's in Hot Fuzz. He's in Shaun of the Dead. He's in uh, The the End. of What's it called? The, the, the World's End. The World's End. He's an actor, com- comic actor. He's a comic character actor, um, best known for his films with Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. Okay. It's not a very interesting story, but um, he asked me to recommend him a bottle of wine because he was going to a dinner party. And I recommended a bottle of... F- Chateauneuf de Pape Caboche, which is a nice French wine, which is a French spicy Rhone Red. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, Oh, thank you very much, and looks good. Yeah, cheers. And then he came back a few days later and bought another one. And I kind of chatted to him a bit more and I said, Oh, you know, he enjoyed that. Then he was like, Yeah, it's great. And that's about it. How to make what could be a good story into a really Boring story. (laughs) Well, I don't want to overplay
1: it. It wasn't that exciting. Last time we, as a family, shared our anecdotes on this podcast, I asked the listeners which one they preferred... There was a poll. Yours came out on top. What was the anecdote? Because yeah, it
3: was such a horrendous You've one. just
1: disappointed everyone Your with this. Your
2: anecdote thing. was all about being, you know, lost bit. in London or something. No, yeah.
3: lost H- in Hastings. Oh, in Hastings. Oh, it was a Hastings.
0: That was a oh, good God, story, God, though. I mean. Yeah, well, I heard one, about the Duke of to. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to make up for something that didn't happen. So. No, but you can at least sort of add a bit of spice to the story. Well, okay. As he came in the second time he said like a bottle of chateau Neuf de pop I'm fine like wine when I start to rap <laughs> Oh dear <laughs> referencing the Beastie Boys lyric of the same but that's just
1: not true I mean uh, there's, no.
0: there's adding spice to a story and then there's just adding complete sort of falsehoods But and I fictions. thought it was quite funny like shortly afterwards the Beastie Boys put chateau Neuf de pop in one of their rhymes hey, like a bottle of chateau Neuf de Pap, Clearly, influenced by, clearly your, influenced by Nick Frost and the, the Jim Thompson incident. Okay. Dad, you had something <laughs> to say? He's allowed to embroider his
2: stories because we are now in the post-truth era. <laughs> That's this right. This is official.
1: You can say whatever you want. Say whatever I've you got want. another one. Go on. You quick go, well, one. Well, well oh, thing, Dad wants to do one first. The thing about
0: Nick Frost, though, is that um, I think we're not done with that because you're a fan, aren't you? Come on. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I kind of wish I'd struck up more of a conversation or kind of... I, been a bit cool but i wanted him to become like a regular so we could like be mates and possibly move in together or something like that because
1: when you because when you meet
0: famous people right if you ever have the chance
1: to meet a famous person there's always that question of like how should i do what shall i say because you know i met eddie izzard and i made a complete fool of myself by saying the wrong thing because i'm a huge eddie izzard fan well, on
0: the plus side i didn't say anything stupid i didn't make a fool of myself so yeah i kept cool but I kind of think, well, maybe I could have had a, more of a chat with him about his films. Because it was before he'd been in any films. He'd only been in TV at that right. point. So um, he wasn't really famous then.
1: So weren't you tempted to say, oh, by the way, you're Nick Frost, aren't you? Yeah, nice one. I really like your film,
0: your TV work and your upcoming movie work. Yeah, I was tempted to give him staff discount, actually. Okay. Um, and I nearly did, but then I thought, oh no, because my boss had told me off to giving staff discounts to too many people. That
1: would have been an unreasonable abuse of power.
0: <laughs> it would have been, yeah.
1: Just shows that you just meet one celebrity and immediately you're pulling out all the stops to uh, bend the rules of the shop.
0: That's... Yes. Okay. Just how these things happen, isn't it? And he came back and he bought another one. He came back and he bought another one the same. So we obviously enjoyed it. And I like to think of my own small way. I've, I've enriched his life. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Good. And it gave him the inspiration that
1: he needed to go on to star in those fantastic films, which have enriched everyone's lives. So you made the world a better place by selling him two bottles of expensive French Don't wine. Don't ever do it. All right. I'm just trying to, have, <laughs> I'm trying to add a bit of spice to the story. Otherwise, it's basically I met a bloke, isn't it? Yeah, that's
2: basically it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, did you say you had another one? Oh,
2: yeah. Yes, I do. Royalty.
1: You're interested in meeting royalty? Royalty.
2: I mean, I have obviously... Met the Queen. Have you? Yeah, yeah, on more than one occasion. When did
1: you meet the Thank Queen? Thank you very
2: much. When did you meet the Queen? Well, uh, at the university. She she came to on a visit to the university and I was one of those who shook her hand and said, hello, ma'am. Uh-huh. Um, she what? didn't crack too many jokes at the time.
1: I didn't
3: think the Queen did shake hands. Is that the voice of the Queen?
2: She oh, no, did. it's my mum.
3: I thought you the were queen, supposed to touch the Queen. The Queen did
2: shake hands. Indeed, she had white gloves on. Okay so that she didn't actually have to make no she didn't have to make contact. physical contact with my hand which is probably a good thing and um uh, prince charles came to visit my place
1: of work at one one time Wait a minute go back to the queen cuz she's bigger than charles yeah. what did did she say something to you I can't really remember and I mean um, did I think I
2: I, 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 I don't did. really think she did engage in in particular conversation because I was with a group of other students we were students Yeah and um I think uh she She was probably trying to get out as fast as possible. Right. I don't think she said hilly away from what are you and studying. When was the last but, time
1: you had a haircut y-
2: yes, yesterday, madam and right. um
3: uh ma'am, I think ma'am it was ma'am, was ma'am. you had to
2: say Mom, ma'am. maam
1: isn't it
3: no it's it's, it's ma'am, ma'am to rhyme with jam, yeah
1: all right, so she doesn't like it if you're not supposed enough. to call her mom, although no. everyone does um. You're not supposed to call her mam, Everyone yeah, does, well, but it it's actually, sounds like "mam." It's "mam," it? is it? It's "mam." But it's "mam" ma- as in jam. But, but "mam" in some parts of the north of England means "mum," doesn't it?
3: Well, yes, but, yeah, but nevertheless, the way the correct term for the Queen is "mam."
1: Okay, all right, there then. you go.
2: You've learned something. So you met the Queen, you shook,
1: you and shook yeah, her by I the sh- glove, I shook
2: her gloved hand, and um, uh, I've met Charles, and um, he was much more forthcoming. Why? Well, he was visiting my department at the BBC in the foreign news department. He was doing a little tour. I think there was, you know, like fifty years or something. And um, he spent his time looking at my secretary, who was a rather well, fetching young lady. You know, she could have she could have been the lady die mm-hmm. of his life. You know, really? if he played his cards right. Okay. Anyway, um, no, he was, he was jolly, jolly nice and jolly interested in, in foreign news. And then the Duke of Edinburgh, this goes back to college days. Who's the Duke of Edinburgh? Well, the Queen's husband. Prince Philip. As, Prince Philip. As we speak, he is 94 years old mm-hmm. and has a cold. He's got a cold, has he's he? has got a cold. The Queen's got a cold, too. Yeah, they've both got a cold.
1: Apparently, the Queen was ill this Christmas. She couldn't attend she the... She couldn't go to the church service. She couldn't go to the church service. And Slightly worrying. A bit worrying, considering the year we've had. Indeed.
0: 2016. All she all may be the latest edition. Don't, don't, don't say it.
1: Don't
3: to the 2016
0: club. So,
2: um, so the Duke, he, he's, um, he's famously kind of, um, shall we say, forthright. What does that mean? It means he... Doesn't care about saying things that offend people. Okay. And, rude, uh, rude, basically. Yeah, it can be a bit rude. And um, he was the what was called the official visitor of my college. Mm-hmm. It's like a patron. And uh, he was on a visit uh, to commemorate the 50th, mm. centenary, centenary of the founding of this college. And... Um, I had to wheel him around because I was the student president to, at the time.
1: You had to wheel him around? Well, that
2: wheel him around, not literally, he wasn't on wheels. It's just a metaphorical term saying I had to steer him around the college on a, an agreed little trip, right. which which took him into the student common room where he mingled with students and went to the student bar and had half a pint of beer and then he sat around and chatted to the students I imagine
1: him going around going was, so you're, you're a student are you? it was indeed what, what you, it was like what that you it study? was
2: incredibly awkward what
1: are you studying English English literature why, why didn't you study something useful yeah it's
2: exactly what it was like and, and the, indeed I did. he did ask me what, what I was studying I said English literature he said well what's that for <laughs> <laughs> what's that for like that and and uh, I, well, I think it's for an education, sir, as opposed to training for a job.
1: He said, "Well, you're anyway. never gonna, you're never you're never going uh, to improve your social status. Why bother?"
2: Uh, he was very much like that, and, and, and we sat around in, with all the students uh, in this awkward silence, and he was playing his best jokes. You know, he mm-hmm. he was obviously using the lines he's used before to uproarious applause, and um, there was a modern art exhibition going on in the in the common room which was normally the case. In the 1960s, you had a lot of art. Like crazy modern art? Well, modern art, uh, abstract stuff. Abstract contemporary art. Yes, and he he cracked one of his jokes, which was basically, you can always tell which way to hang up one of these pieces of art when you look at the way the paint has run. And there was this terrible silence. Mm -hmm. And the kind of... and everyone else was like, "Well, actually, wind we- blowing through tumbleweed." I mean, uh, it was it was quite embarrassing, really. He he thought he was being funny, but and, it didn't
1: go down too well. And how is it, Mum, that uh, all of his <laughs> all of his sycophantic cronies would have laughed at that joke? <laughs> that's how all of his uh his associates would have laughed but the these, totally mirthless laugh but these students were just like well actually uh your majesty we actually quite like the uh the contemporary art that we've got on display here some of the most up-and-coming artists a resentment a resentful silence
2: anyway he was not in tune with the students of the 60s
1: okay well there you go prince philip Okay, so we've had J.R.R. Tolkien, who was... T- well, t- I thought that wasn't too bad. That was good. That was good. The Queen, though. I mean, you didn't tell me you'd met the Queen. Yeah, yeah, I met the Queen. But she didn't tell any bad jokes. No. Okay. Um, mum, you got any, got, any, uh, got any anecdotes? You got any pe- well, fa- famous people?
3: I think I gave my anecdote about the King of Tonga before, didn't you I? You did,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I, have, I have been very close to the Queen. I couldn't say I've met her. Yes. But I was very close to her when she came and opened the Touchwood shopping center in Solihull.
1: This is a <laughs> modern shopping center. Yes. She
3: opened the Touchwood. She did. Shop- yeah. Really? Amazing, isn't it? She opened I, that? Yeah. I didn't know that it was going to happen and I'd just gone into town to do some shopping and couldn't understand why there were all these people standing around on the streets. And I went into the shopping center, the mall. Mm-hmm. which had not long opened and uh, there were all police around and barriers and everything and I said to someone what's going on and they said, oh, the Queen's coming, Queen's coming to open it.
1: In a, so, in a Birmingham in accent? In a
3: Birmingham accent, so I, uh, I said, well, I need to go into John Lewis to get, so, oh, no, you can't go in there, no, you can't do anything until she's been through and it's all over and then we'll let you out. So I was stuck in the shopping centre, unable to do anything. And I went as close to one of the exits as I possibly could so that I could get out really quickly when mm-hmm. I was uh, given the chance. And it just so happened that that was the entrance that she was coming in. So I was the very first person she saw. OK. And I must have looked at her with a very cross expression on my face.
1: Really? Why? Why...
3: Because she was holding up my day, and I couldn't do what I wanted to but do. But weren't
1: you overwhelmed with the majesty of no. her presence?
3: Philip was with her as well, and he he was very keen to he went straight, made a bee line, yes, he went straight for one of the rather attractive um female shop assistants in the perfume shop opposite to where I was standing. Oh, yeah, and he stood and had quite a conversation with her and what was the queen doing? The queen was just walking walking down. Where she was supposed to go. And she did actually exchange
1: glances with me. And I think I probably frowned at her. Like, first of all, you're delaying my day. Yes, get out of
3: my way. I need to leave this place. Secondly,
1: you're perpetuating the class system. Exactly. Okay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you couldn't say I met her, but I did have a sort of eye contact encounter with her. And having
1: been in close quarters with Her Majesty, with the Sovereign herself, you Mm. weren't... Then impressed, suitably impressed. He didn't change your vision of, of her. You he went afterwards like, actually, I really support the ro- the, mo- the monarchy and the royalty and everything it stands for.
3: No, it didn't change my views. I have to say I was quite impressed with the way she looked. She is, as everyone says, very small and very delicate looking and quite pretty, yes. even though she's old. Right.
1: Quite, a, you know, pretty. She seems small and frail. and yet. And no, yet... no,
3: not frail. Really? Small and dainty. Okay. Um... But I thought her clothes were
0: terrible. <laughs> Why? What was she wearing? Oh, well, I
3: don't know. I can't remember in detail. But they—they they were very boring and
0: uh... Some sort of Top Shop kind of gear. <laughs> uh,
3: no, the sort of things that she always wears, rather shapeless dresses and so on.
0: Right, right. Close encounters. So Queen. I've got one Not quick bad. last one. Go on then. I met one of my punk rock heroes, Henry Rollins, at a record signing in Birmingham in 1992. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that big a deal because there was loads of sort of geeky kids like me kind of waiting to meet him. But I met him when I was wearing a hole T-shirt, which I'm not so sure if I'm proud about. Wait a minute. That. What's a hole T-shirt? The band Hole, Courtney Love's band. Right. So he spotted my T-shirt and he said, um, oh, Courtney Love, uh, I mow her lawn. Explain that because no, no one understands what you just said. No one understands what you just
1: said. Don't I look at me like that. Lawn. I, they don't know what I mow her lawn means. They don't I know cut that...
0: her grass in f- outside her house right. with means. a lawn mower. Right,
1: right. right. Does, and he... I
0: was kind of a bit shocked and stunned and uh, didn't really know what to say. And it was Henry Rollins and he was kind of scaring me. So I just went, oh, cool. And kind of that was it. Did, you but, th- did he really mow her lawn? Well, that's the thing. If any of your listeners know if Henry Rollins cuts, <laughs> such, Courtney loves lawn, maybe they can write in and let me know. Can you imagine Henry Rollins cutting someone's grass? No. Mm, possibly
3: he's very very he's got very big muscles he
0: likes manual labor and sort of hard work so it's possible and he is mates with courtney love so he wasn't joking about the fact that he knows i her. think
3: he was probably telling the truth
0: i think he was it's too weird to be made up isn't it and it wasn't uh, a
1: an, in, an innuendo
0: was it could have been really i don't think he meant it that way no he didn't say he didn't say it in a sleazy way no okay all right so, so you were wearing a whole t-shirt you went up to him and he went hey said, Co- oh, can you sign my record please henry and uh, he was like oh nice to meet you he shook his hand and stuff and he went i can't do the accent <laughs> <laughs> just an american accent will do and he goes uh, corny love a uh, whole i'm Courtney loves lawn and, and what did you say i just sort of nervously laughed nice one nice one <laughs> yeah yeah that's the appropriate but I, I think so. i was uh, i kind of at least i had a laugh with him everyone else was kind of staring at him and this one guy in front of me was going can i see your tattoos henry and he was going yeah look there they are and he was going and he was touching his arm and going can i see the one there and henry was like no please don't touch me and things like that Weird. and uh, other people had their entire black flag catalog for him to sign black flag the band he was in yeah um including the songs the albums he wasn't on uh, <laughs> which is a faux pas in my book you
1: mean the, the albums where he wasn't even in the band
0: yeah and the early eps and stuff and i remember thinking Ooh, that's don't... that's not that's not the done thing mate yeah. you've, you've made a mistake there yeah yeah so at least i was one of the cooler kids that didn't bring his entire back catalog from okay. to say, including the ones he wasn't on okay i just had a copy of his latest single which is the cool way to do it in my right, opinion right OK, that's it. That's the best I can do. I'm sorry. I'm Mom's not really a hobnobber with the stars.
1: That's very good. No, Nick Frost and Henry Rollins. That's very good. Don't put the mic down. You might have things to say. Yes. Mom? I met Kenneth Branagh once. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Actor. Famous
3: director, actor, director, film director.
1: Sir Kenneth Branagh. Is, this, is he a sir? Yes, he,
3: yes is. he is now.
1: Sir Kenneth Branagh.
3: He wasn't a sir then. This is way back in 1980, late 80s. Mm. when he had his uh, his um theatrical uh company called renaissance and he came to birmingham and he did three shakespeare plays in the studio there so there were very intimate performances with not many people in the audience and um we happened to be there with one of the reporters from the local from uh, the local regional news program television program um, who Rick knew, so um, and he'd been to to see Kenneth Branagh in the afternoon and interview him. So he said, uh, "You know, we'll see. We'll go to the reception and meet him afterwards." And I was completely in awe, and I shook his hand and just sort of looked at him in a rather
1: awestruck yes, manner
3: and didn't say a word. Because oh, I did. I said, uh, "Really enjoyed the performance. It was Hamlet. Yeah, we'd sure. seen him in." And I said, uh, I really
1: enjoyed the prompt. It was really good. And that was all I could uh, bear to say. What is the right thing to say when
0: you meet a celebrity that you really admire?
3: Well, quite. You can't really go up to someone and say, oh, I think you're
0: great. I think Nick's approach is the best. Just act like they're a long lost mate that you haven't seen in 10 years. Oh, I I did do that once.
3: Uh, When we were in um, Hampstead or somewhere in London, I can't remember why we were there. We went into a... um, a shop and coming as we were going in the door out of the door was coming an actor whose name I can't remember now but he was in a television program that was very famous at the time and as I say I was going in he was coming out and I just looked at him and recognized him and I just said oh hello yeah um Peter Barkworth that's that was his name And he said, hello, uh, and that was it. And afterwards, I thought, I'd said to him, oh, hello, as though he was an old friend. In fact, I'd never met him before. It's just he was so familiar from being on the telly. I get that all the time. I I felt a bit stupid about about that
0: reaction. I've remembered uh, someone else that I met. I was at Stockwell one day, skating around, as I do. Skate park. And this bloke came over with his son. He just bought his son a brand new skateboard. And he said, all right, lads, I think there's something wrong with this skateboard. Can you have a look at it for me? And they'd, people in the shop had put the trucks on the wrong way around. Trucks? They're like the, the wheels. metal bit and- the metal bits that hold the wheels on. Not the wheels, Dad. But the wheels. wheels are wheels. The metal... The, the
2: wheel mounts. The metal bits oh, yeah. Anyway, hold the
0: He bought his son this huge longboard, massively inappropriate for a sort of 12-year-old child. Yeah. You know, completely the wrong board. I kind of thought, oh, God, that kid's never going to use that board. Mm-hmm. It's totally wrong for him. Anyway, it was Finchy from The Office. Uh, uh, the original uh, TV show, The Office, the horrible bloke that's David Brent's so-called friend... Yeah, who turns yeah. out to be a right horrible bastard? Yeah, um, it's him. Wow, one of the characters from the TV show The Office, the hit TV show The Office. He also does the voiceover for Salvage Hunters on Quest. Oh dear, <laughs> a <TV>. this is <laughs> this is true fame. He's what right up really there with Tom scraping the bottom of the barrel now, aren't we? Well,
1: what, uh, what 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 level of celebrity is he? Would you say W? Yes,
0: <laughs> you got ABC, a W-list. A, <laughs> B, C, all the way down to W-list celebrity. Uh, well, if, if you just Google Finchy from the office, you'll see a picture
1: of him. Yeah, big deal. Right, okay. We've just had a report of another celebrity has died. Another one? Yes, another celebrity.
2: Can we just say, this is uh,
1: Boxing Day, 26th of December as we record this. Boxing Day sort of approaching midnight. It's, well, nearly 11 o'clock. Um, and, um, we've, we've all had a, a few drinks and some food and stuff, except for, for you, except for you, except for you. I'm just trying to excuse the level of behavior. Anyway, Liz Smith has died. She was, an act, she was an actress in a TV show called the Royal Family and, uh, she was 95 years old. So yeah. I guess it wasn't a surprise, but, mm. um, <clears throat> uh, anyway, there's another one. Let's hope that, um. Another member of the royal family doesn't die this year. Oh, very, oh, good. very good. This is the real royal family you're talking about. Because that's though. a TV show called The Royal Family. Yeah, but yeah. Not about the actual not monarchy. the actual royal family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for talking to me on my podcast, everybody. Uh, you're welcome. What's the? Oh, James is showing me a picture of Finchy from the office. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah I, I know what worry he looks about like. It. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks for being on my podcast. Are you actually having a nice time?
2: We are, we are having, having a, a really nice time. time.
1: Thank really you very much.
3: Really lovely. Thank you. Absolutely nice. Really nice having Even all the James. family around. James, can
1: you be a bit positive? <laughs> Just mm. be, be, be a bit positive. It, there's enthusiasm for you. Can yeah. You? <sighs> a, a bit. That was literally a bit positive. Um, all right. Well, nice to hear your stories. Everyone. It's been a pleasure, okay. Luke. It's been
3: great. Yep. Yeah. Isn't yeah, yeah. has, it? Yes. has not
1: it, James? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so there you are. He's quite funny, isn't he, Uh, my brother? I say funny, I mean annoying. No, I don't really. I do think he's funny. I'd like to have James on this podcast a lot more often, if he's up for it. The thing is that he's actually not the sort of outgoing person who likes to broadcast all of his thoughts and opinions over the internet. Uh, Although he obviously should do that because he's got lots to offer and um, he ought to do a podcast of his own. That would be good. he should do his own podcast. I think that would, could be quite good. Um, he does have his own YouTube channel, but it's mainly skateboarding videos Ugh. yeah I'm kind of joking they they're good actually they're good videos, but they are just you know people jumping around <laughs> essentially um, if you if you want to see my brother's skateboarding videos and to be fair to him they're good they 're good little videos and they're sort of uh, shots of local skaters. Uh, in his local skate park in South London and um, they're great actually and a lot of them have got uh, his own music in the background or other people's like selections of other people's music they're worth checking out Uh, you'll find the link to my brother's YouTube channel on the page for this episode Um, so uh, what about the those cryptic clues that I gave you at the beginning of the episode uh, let me just answer them, unless it was obvious. I mean, it's probably obvious, but uh, what about uh, the, the the first one, which was one of the UK's favourite authors who wrote a series of beloved books which have also been made into successful films? Well, that was, of course, J.R.R. R. Tolkien, um, the writer of The Lord of the Rings stories and The Hobbit and The Silmarillion and all that stuff. Can't believe my dad actually met him. I didn't realise that he'd actually met... Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien himself. I thought that uh, he'd just met his son, Christopher Tolkien. uh, But no, he actually met the man himself uh, and asked him a question. Um, And there you go. So I I thought that Tolkien would would be slightly annoyed by the question of whether the Lord of the Rings is an allegory for the Second World War because I, I've read in the past that Tolkien was often asked that question and that he always quite clearly stated that it definitely wasn't an allegory. In fact I got the impression that he was a little bit irritated by the idea that it was an allegory because in his mind it completely wasn't. It was just a story which maybe sort of has some similarities in in with the real world but it's You know, he said that he wasn't writing about World War II. He was writing a completely fictional sort of ancient mythology rather than something about uh, the the war. Anyway, that was Tolkien, who um, he met in a pub in Oxford. Uh, Second one, a British comic actor who likes eating ice creams and fighting zombies, criminals and aliens in his movies. Uh, That was uh, Nick Frost who you might know from the Cornetto trilogy of films, including uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, uh, which are British sort of um, comedy crossover movies. Shaun of the Dead is a a rom-com, romantic comedy with zombies, so like a rom-zom-com. Hot Fuzz is a sort of American-style Hollywood action movie, which is set in a sleepy town in the English countryside. And uh, The World's End is a sort of science fiction, dystopian sort of science fiction film, uh, which is also set in a sleepy town in the English countryside. So Nick Frost is an actor who appears in all of those films. Um, the third one was a small but very important woman who often appears in public, but is also a very private person. That was, of course, uh, the Queen herself. Um, and um, you heard there are uh, speculating about uh, whether the Queen uh, was uh, in good shape or not at that time, because. Um Uh, You may have read in the news that she was ill over the Christmas holiday and she couldn't attend a church service on Christmas Day. She was also too ill to attend another function on New Year's Day and there was some speculation in the air that, um, as you heard my brother say, that she might have been the latest addition to the 2016 club. Um, And um, shocking thought to those of you who uh, value the monarchy and and so on. Um, but apparently, I read the other day, uh, yesterday, I think, that, uh, um, that the Queen is actually fine and she's due to appear in public in, in uh, the next couple of days or something. So we can all breathe a sigh of relief in the knowledge that uh, Her Majesty is uh, healthy and safe and well and the foundation of British society is still intact, uh, at least for the time being. Um, anyway, so that was the Queen. I didn't, again, I didn't realise that my dad had actually sh- shook hands with the Queen. When I say shook hands, he actually shook her glove, because, you know, she doesn't like to touch the, uh, you know, she doesn't like to touch ordinary people, the, the common f- peasants of, uh, of, uh, the UK, who she, whatever. Anyway, she, apparently she was wearing white gloves, because I imagine she probably, uh, meets people all the time, doesn't she? And it would be a bit unhygienic if she met and shook hands with, like, every single person she met. So, of course, she wears white gloves. Plus, it's kind of quite... uh, Is it chic? Is it chic? Is it sort of fashionable to wear white gloves? Not really. Only a few people can do that. Only a few people can get away with wearing white gloves. The Queen, Michael Jackson, and Japanese um, sort of train staff... Uh you know those men in uniforms who work at Japanese train stations and they help to kind of push people onto the trains, they wear white gloves as well. Those are the three people. I'm sure there are others. I know there's another type of person who can wear white gloves, and that's the guy, the referee in a snooker match. You know snooker, that game that you probably don't play in your country, but which is actually quite popular in the UK. It's billiards, some people call it. Anyway, Snooker. Uh the the, the guy who's sort of like the judge of the snooker match he wears white gloves and there's it's always a satisfying moment when you see him pick up one of the balls and sort of clean it with his glove and then place it very uh specifically uh back on the exact spot that it was on before now if you if you haven't grown up watching snooker on television like i have then that will mean nothing to you so let me now just move on to the next person um so the, the, the next clue was a nonagenarian who once said that he was the only man in the country not allowed to give his name to his own children. That, of course, was Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, who is 94, I think. And uh, he may be the only man in the country not allowed to give his name to his own children because uh, the children, of course, take the name of his wife, uh, the Queen. Um, Windsor. Windsor is the, is the surname of the, uh, the Queen and her children. Uh, Elizabeth Windsor. Uh, Other people, too, include the the American punk rock star with lots of tattoos and muscles. That was Henry Rollins, who used to be the lead singer of uh, this legendary American punk band called Black Flag. Uh, And my brother is a huge fan of their music. You might not ever have heard of them because they're quite obscure, I think. And also the Shakespearean actor who has become a successful film director. um, That is Kenneth Branagh or Sir Kenneth Branagh. I said it like that. Sir Kenneth Branagh, because um, in those American trailers, that's how his voice is always uh, read out. You know, those American trailers, I don't know if you get them in your country, you know, one man, one challenge, you know, that kind of thing. In those films, which are sort of, those kinds of trailers were quite common in the 90s, you know, Sir Kenneth Branagh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, So anyway, Kenneth Branagh. Um, and also there was the actor who had a bit part in the British TV series The Office, and we don't even know his name, we just know him as Finchie from The Office. Um, if, you've, if you've seen The Office, the British version, um, which I personally think is the best, not just because I'm biased towards British things, but I just think that the British version of The Office is just funnier and um, it's somehow more realistic. Anyway, there's a character in that show called Finchie, And he's apparently the friend of David Brent, the Ricky Gervais character. And he's kind of tall with a moustache. And he's horrible. He's a real nasty piece of work. Anyway, my brother met the actor who played him. There was also another actor called uh, Peter Barkworth. And there was mention of Prince Charles as well. But we kind of skipped over him in order to continue talking about the the Queen. Um, And um, it's, I don't know, maybe interesting that we skipped over him. uh, Because maybe... Uh, the crown is going to skip over him too. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so there you go. There you go. Here's some other stuff that uh, you might be wondering about. And that is, for example, the results of the Christmas Olympic Games uh, that we had in our house. Remember that? If you listen to my chat with Amber about Christmas, um, which we recorded sort of on something like the 20th of December, something like that, we talked about these games that my dad organises Um in the house at Christmas time. And um, he's very good at it, and he's very, he takes it quite seriously. In fact, before everyone arrives at the house for, for Christmas, my dad has uh, printed out all the rules of the games, including all the different point systems. He's printed them out in a PDF and then sent it to everyone. So we're all ready and prepared. And in fact, as soon as you enter the, the house, the games are on and um the first event is uh, to uh, hunt the mouse in fact hunt the mouse in fact there are a number of mice hidden in the in the in the house they're not real mice don't worry uh, they're chocolate mice or sugar mice or something um and so uh i think in this case it was seven mice were hunt uh, were, were hidden in the house and we had to then search for them um remember that there are no children in this family, okay? We're all grown adults, the average age being probably around 55 or something like that. So imagine a, a, a group of grown adults playing these these games. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so Hunt the Mouse. Uh, oh, what happened? What happened in Hunt the Mouse? I, um, my uncle won that one. Simon Says. We actually play Simon Says in the living room. It's ridiculous, but lots of fun. Simon Says is that game where... The, the leader, in this case my dad, uh, the games master, uh, basically we, we all stand up and he stands at the front of the room and he shouts out orders. And you're supposed to do the things he, he tells you to do, but you're only, you should only do them if he says, Simon says first. So it's for example, Simon says, put your hands in the air. And everyone puts their hands in the air. And he says, put your hands down again. And if you put your hands down, you're out because he didn't say Simon Says. Okay, so Simon Says, put your hands in the air. Everyone puts their hands in the air. Simon Says, put your hands back down again. Put your hands back down. Simon Says, put your hand on your head. Put your hand on your head. Simon Says, put your hand... I think you get the idea. All right, fine. Uh, The name game, um, I think you understood the rules of the name game. It's kind of like an, uh, an explaining game where you have to try and explain... Um, some famous people to your partner and they have to guess who they are and then you uh, sort of do lots of mimes and things like that Um, oh who won Simon Says James won Simon Says Uh, the name game that was uh, my wife and me because we are telepathically linked and we always win that game the name game adverbs adverbs is where uh, you write down a bunch of uh, adverbs like slowly um, uh, conscientiously uh, gracefully uh, uh, rudely you know all these adverbs and they go into a bag and um, basically, um, um, people take it in turns to do different actions in the manner of the adverb. So if it's rudely, like, for example, my brother had to, uh, the, the thing he had to do was to switch on the light. And it was like, OK, James, we want you to switch on the light in the manner of the adverb. So he looked at the adverb and he, he um, then has to switch on the light rudely. And it was very funny because he just stood up and gave, uh, you know, gave everyone the finger. And then switched on the light. And we were like, rudely! And we all got it immediately. Um, I think he won that one. Uh, Then there's Kim's Game. I don't know why it's called Kim's Game. That's the one where um, uh, lots of objects are arranged on a... Lots of objects are arranged on a a, a tray. About 20 objects are arranged on a tray. And then... um, the objects are revealed to everyone, and we have about one minute to look at all the objects and try to remember them. So we're all desperately trying to remember all the objects. The key to that game is to use mnemonic devices, you know, to find like some sort of connection with all the objects, of create a little story, or find some clever way of remembering them, sticking them in your brain. And then after a minute, the tray is, is covered up again, and we all have to write down as many of the things as we can remember, And, uh, you know, the person who remembers the most wins. And I think it was a tie between my wife and me. We both got 18 out of 20. And then the last uh, round uh, was called Hot Potato, which is that potato fighting game where in your left hand you've got a spoon with a potato balanced on the spoon. Fairly big potato. And in the right hand you've got a rolled up newspaper. And the idea is that you have to uh, try and make the other person drop their potato And it's a combination of sort of aggression and defence, you know. So you have to defend your own potato while attacking the other person's potato. And it's lots of fun, and it's completely ridiculous, and uh, there's lots of laughter. And in fact, basically what happened is that at the end of uh, one, two, three, four, five rounds, you know, the mouse, Simon Says, the name game, adverbs, and Kim's game, the memory game, after all of that, my brother and I were equal. We had the same number of points. And it came all the way down to the final of Hot Potato because Hot Potato is a competition a bit like the World Cup where everyone plays each other and then you get to a knockout stage and then at the end there's a final. And the final was between James and me and we were both on equal points in the whole competition. So it all came down to the final and what happened was um, my brother beat me so he is now the new Christmas champion and um, my dad uh, sort of produced, I, I guess he must have had it, done by some shop, he produced a trophy uh, which uh, was awarded to my brother as the winner. So I get to keep the the trophy from the previous year, but my brother's got the, the trophy from 2016. So there you go. All right. That's what happened. There's the, those are the dramatic results of the, uh, the Christmas. Uh, I'm calling them the Christmas Olympics. Could also be called the Christmas games, I suppose. Um, all right then. So um, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to these Uh, conversations with my family. I would just like to say thank you to everyone. Uh, You know, my dad, my mum, my brother, uh, and my uncle and aunt, even though she wasn't featured in in the episode very much. I'd like to thank them all for basically being willing to appear on the podcast. Um, And uh, I think it's always nice um, to have them on. Um, If you liked uh, this episode, uh, there are some other episodes that you might not have heard. And they're in the episode archive for this podcast. For example, you could go all the way back to episode 79, which is called Family Arguments and Debates. And that one was was recorded at Christmas a few years ago. Um, And in that one, you'll hear uh, my family, basically my mum, my dad and my brother and me talking about all sorts of things and arguing uh, and debating some different subjects. And then, of course, there's last year's episode, which was called... um, That's episode 322 called With the Thompsons. And um, in that one, we just had a long rambling conversation about all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, And some of it serious, some of it not serious. Um, That's episode 322. Uh, So if you like the stuff with my family, you might want to hear those things. Um, That's it then. That's that's it for this episode. Thanks so much again for listening. And uh, uh, I will speak to you on the podcast soon. The plan is I'm going to have A bit of a ramble about all sorts of things in an upcoming episode, and just kind of talk to you about things like podcast statistics for 2016, and some other bits and pieces, uh, and other things which uh, you will have to discover in, in due course. Thanks a lot for listening. Speak to you again soon, but for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. For listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen